What's up, everybody, and welcome to In and Out of Frame. What's up, everybody? How are you doing? I hope everyone is doing really well. I know I'm sitting here with my coffee as usual, ready to talk about some dance peeps. <laughs> it's definitely been a week. I could feel it. I know I believe in all the moon and retrograde and all that jazz and it's really kind of been kicking my butt so I've been listening to a lot of Gaga I've been watching some musicals trying to stay stay positive (laughs) if only life was like a musical though like do you always think as you're walking down the street or if something happens at work and you're like man if only there was a soundtrack to my life and this song was playing right now like everyone has to have had that thought sometime in their life what is the one song like comment on instagram comment um under my videos online but please tell me what is that one song that would be like your theme song if you had a soundtrack to your life like i want to know for me it would be really difficult something about me is i love a lot of different types of music if you haven't already kind of recognized especially the way I speak about like loving swing dance and big band jazz Um, I grew up in the 90s so I was into boy bands and Britney Spears and everything so that was my jam and I had older sisters so I knew a lot about late 80s music and then kind of like teenage 90s music and they were both very different genre-wise in high school. So I got the best of both worlds. Then for me, when I hit high school, I was total emo kid. All rock bands, all punk bands. I shopped at Hot Topic. I was all of it. And then I, I just kept going. I didn't really grow out of it. I'm more of a rock girl, but then I started getting into classic rock. But I kind of found myself in all different types of music. And my first tattoo, actually, the whole point of the story, is my very first tattoo is on my left calf on the side of my leg. And it's lyrics to Coldplay's Yellow. (laughs) I know some of you are like, oh, God, no, Yellow. Oh, no, Coldplay. (laughs) But... I love Coldplay. I absolutely love Coldplay. Best concerts I've been to. I've been twice. Um, actually, three times. But the second one was cut short because of a huge thunderstorm. And it was at Soldier's Field in downtown Chicago. And the thunderstorm was just terrible. It was thunder and lightning and downpour buckets of water. And Coldplay played for as long as they could. And their very last song, oh my goodness, what was it? Oh, Sky Full of Stars. How can I forget? And it was just a downpour. And they were like, we're going to try to get through at least this song before we get electrocuted. But we don't want to make you guys leave. But I already loved them at this point because that was a band I really kind of cling to when I was younger. So Yellow was just like my happy song. Like you always have that happy song that kind of brings you back. But I don't want to say it's the theme song to my life. Like when I need an opener for, you know, my TV show that's going to become 
my life. But Yellow is definitely one of my songs. So I do have to say that's my little story into my happy, happy song. Now I do have a song I listen to when I'm going to a job interview. I do have a song I listen to when I'm sad. So it's it's just really interesting. I wonder how that is with dancing. For all my dancers that are listening, write that in too. Go on Instagram and slide into my DMs. <laughs> Let me know if there's a song that you just always have to dance to that kind of uplifts you. If there's a certain kind of movement or a style of dance that just makes you feel really good and brings you to a positive place or even if it's just like a sad dance like even when I would do waltz in a Viennese waltz just being able to glide around that floor to a really strong song it just felt so beautiful and it was sad like some of those songs are just very intense but it just felt really really good and that's kind of a transition to who we're going to talk about today Because her style of dance that she started with is very emotional and very intense. And you need to really commit yourself and work your butt off. And she did. And she is a leading lady that doesn't get the recognition as most of them in old Hollywood. And that's why I wanted to talk about her today. Because some of her leading gentlemen she worked with are some of the big hitters we're going to talk about sometime in the future but those are like big episodes that we're really gonna do together who knows it might even be a two-parter because those guys are big dudes (laughs) but this lovely lady started off as a ballerina and then she worked in old hollywood and now she has not stopped and she is super awesome she still interviews and her name is leslie carone Most of the movies that she has done, she has appeared with Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly. She has worked with a bunch of leading ladies. And she started off just becoming a dancer and then got noticed. But then she took over old Hollywood. But the sad thing is to me is I grew up watching her movies and one in particular that I'll talk about. But she, to me, like she won the awards. But then when we think about old Hollywood, everyone always thinks about, you know, the late like Debbie Reynolds and Singing in the Rain. And we think about Rita Hayworth and Ginger Rogers. But Leslie Caron she was just all across the board and she just danced just as well as Ginger Rogers, even more because she had that ballerina background. So please let's get into her story. Let's bring it back to Paris, France. So Leslie Claire Margaret Caron was born July 1st, 1931 in Paris, France. Now, while her older brother became a chemist like the father, Leslie was prepared for a performing career from childhood like her mother. So dancing was in Miss Crone's birthright, and perhaps it was fate that her mother, who was American, was a dancer named Margaret Petit. After studying in Seattle at the Cornish School, whose alumni include Merce Cunningham, another performer, Miss Crone's mother appeared 
like Martha Graham, in John Murray Anderson's Greenwich Village Follies in the 1920s. Greenwich Village Follies, you know, just a different version of ours. Um, some popular ones that were out in California. But Folly dancers were very, very popular in the 1920s. And her mother was one of them. So Leslie herself began taking dance lessons at age 11. She was on holidays at her grandparents' estate near Grass when the Allies landed on the 15th of August, 1944. So they were in the middle of the war when she was age 11. So she was dealing with a lot overseas. So after the German rendition, she and her family went to Paris to live. There she attended the Covenant of the Assumption and started ballet training. While studying at the National Conservatory of Dance, she appeared at age 14 in a dance called The Pearl Diver, a show for children where she danced and played a little boy. So I think she said at one point in an interview that, you know, she was just like a little girl, a little skinny thing, but she played a little boy. And then at age 16, she was hired by the renowned Roland Petit to join the Ballet des Champs-Élysées, where she was immediately given solo parts. So she had this gift. She had it from her mama. She was an amazing performer. She was not about to be a chemist like her brother. She needed to dance. And good thing she did. <laughs> so Miss Crone's mom had, in fact, taken her to the best Russian teachers in Paris. So she, like, knew. She knew where she was going to take her daughter. She knew she had this gift. She needed to get the best teaching possible. So then Hollywood came. So she got a little older, and she was performing. She was in uh, dance troupes. And Hollywood was a revelation to the young ballerina, Leslie, who arrived in the U.S. You know, after the war, spending time in uh, Paris with the World War II, she was malnourished and anemic. And just life was not what Hollywood was. <laughs> it was so different for her back home. And in California, to her, there was all the sunshine all the time. She had soap alarm clocks, even shoes for sale in drugstores. It was so easy to get simple things. And to her, there was so much food. She said that she couldn't even finish plates of food. She would just eat scraps because she was still so used to it. She was so malnourished. But she just kept dancing. She was working for what she loved. And she came to America, to California, just for that. So Leslie's talent and reputation as a dancer had already been recognized when on an opening night of Petite's 1948 ballet, it was based on the theme of Orpheus and it featured the widely acclaimed dancer Jean Babali. She was seen by then married. Okay, so Leslie was in this show sitting in the audience. She was seen by then at the time married Hollywood couple Gene Kelly and Betsy Blair. So she, young girl, she was only 17. Leslie was performing this and Gene Kelly was watching. Leslie did not meet the famed pair at the end of the show. She just went home because she was 17 years old. <laughs> but one year later, after one year later, Kelly, Gene Kelly remembered Leslie's performance because he returned to Paris 
to ask um, the director of this show for a partner. He was searching for a partner for his upcoming movie, which is dun, 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 an American in Paris. And from there, 1951, the rest is history. So a year before, Gene Kelly loved the show. He's like, I need one of those girls for my upcoming movie. Once it got started, he went back, met with the choreographer and director, found Leslie. Bam. Here comes the amazing movie, An American in Paris. So when Miss Carone arrived in Hollywood, it wasn't dancing in films, but the idea of acting that attracted her. Because dancing was just like breathing to her. She was so good at it. It was natural talent. Yeah, she kicked her butt with technique and learning ballet. and But it was just so easy for her. It was amazing. So for her about acting, quote, I was made to dance. My limbs just live it. But I had anemia during an American in Paris. I hated dancing on flat cement. And I had to be in toe shoes for eight hours. I was fascinated with acting and took acting lessons from the start, unquote. So she was already complaining about like stuff she had to do for dance <laughs> because she was just used to it. She knew what she had to do. And she's like, oh, I had all this, all these issues going on, you know, coming to America now. She's like, but man, acting was so fascinating because you got to be a different person. <laughs> so Crone started her career as a ballerina, obviously. And then after Gene Kelly discovered her, he the reason he had to go find someone different is because an American in Paris, the lead role was set for Sid Charisse, who was pregnant at the time. So he had to find someone else. So clap to Sid for having a baby around that time. She's another amazing performer, too. For anyone that knows um, Singing in the Rain... Obviously, when Gene Kelly is dancing with the dark haired flapper girl in the bright green dress, that is her, Sid Sharice. Amazing. She is another overlooked performer to me. But yes, she was pregnant. So here comes Leslie on her point of toes, coming to America eating all this food that she never eats, <laughs> kicking butt on the dance floor with Gene Kelly. And like she said, the rest is history. So something funny she said about Gene, quote, Gene called me Lester the Pester. I think he was very fond of me, but he liked the rhyme and he was not sentimental and he always teased me. And so I was Lester the Pester or just plain Lester, unquote. That's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Her name was Leslie. She was so cute and petite. I don't know if I would call her Lester. <laughs> but I guess she she just let it happen. She laughed at it. He was a crazy California American boy, I guess. So something else Leslie said is she marveled about how nice everybody was, which wasn't what you think you would hear about being in Hollywood, but good for her. She had a very good experience. So something else she said about um, the war and you know everything happening is quote during the war people had become very bitter and very suspicious of each other men beating up women and beating up children and that was quite a normal sight and this is a sort of thing that despair and fear and poverty brings to people 
It breaks down civilization, breaks down the manners of people and their ways of behavior. So just, just shows a little bit about her and what she went through and what she observed. So for her to come to California and have such a great experience and see that everyone was so nice and that she was doing something she loved, it's definitely something she deserved. She went through so much and she was so friendly and had such a great smile. Good for her. Good for you, Leslie. So, like I said, she performed along many, many amazing performers, such as Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, Jerry Lewis, Judy Dench, dot, 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 dot. So, someone else that we're going to talk about and is another big hitter that we're going to do in the future is Fred Astaire. So, about performing with Fred. <laughs> Something that they talked about in the 1950s with him when they were filming Daddy Long Legs, their main movie together in 1955. She said that Fred Astaire was the epitome of elegance and what a dancer. He was the most skilled. He was the most skilled and he had wonderful breath control. It's that's just like the best compliment as a performer. Seeing you have great breath, like breath control. You know how tired you get doing cha-cha and samba? <laughs> and knowing him and all his like tap dancing and foxtrot and waltz. Oh my goodness. That is a... Thank you, Leslie. I wish I could get that compliment. <laughs> but I'm, I am no Fred Astaire, unfortunately. So... So something funny that happened with her and Fred is they initially had a scheduled time to shoot one, what she called a belly flopping scene of performance. And they initially scheduled a full day to shoot. But what she said, quote, is he did it in one take, one take only. They didn't know what else to do for the rest of the day. So the first assistant said, quick, quick, go to makeup. And I said, what? What are we going to shoot? I have nothing else rehearsed. And the assistant answered, oh, Mr. Asair says you can do it without rehearsing. Oh, my goodness, Fred. You were just going to put that pressure on her and make her just dance. <laughs> I guess he had, like the uh, confidence in her to be a really good follower because she didn't know what they were about to do. They, She thought they were going to do the one performance multiple takes all day. Nope. Didn't one take. Guy was happy. Now Fred was ready for something else. <laughs> I wonder how long that movie took then. Oh man. I'll have to look that up and post it and let you guys know. But that movie was called Daddy Long Legs. So that was her talking about Fred. And like she said, although she pays tribute to Mr. Kelly for introducing her to a new range of dance styles by starting off with American in Paris with her, she considers Astaire the more natural dancer, which is very, very cool. And I guess I can kind of see that, um, you know, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers had a certain look to them, you know, the way they would dance and the way they would tap and everything. Gene Kelly, I see him as an amazing actor, too. He had such spark and a certain personality. So, yeah, I could see that, Leslie. Okay, let's keep going. So, in 1953, Corona was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress for her starring role in my favorite movie, 
Lily. So if no one knows what Lily is, but you do know her in the other ones with those leading men, you need to watch Lily, where she is the leading lady. It's where there's this guy who's in love with her, and she's coming into this town, and she's going through some stuff, and she just needed to vent, and she started venting to these puppets. But the puppets were being controlled by the dude that was falling in love with her. And then they started a show because when she was venting, she started singing to them this very popular song that I'm not going to sing right now because I don't do not sing well. <laughs> but please go watch Lily. I grew up with that movie. I love that movie. And that introduced me to her. And I didn't know until I got older that she was the performer in these other movies with Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire. But Lily was my movie for her. She was my leading lady in that movie. So that was in 1953. And then she returned to work up, like going back to like 1957. She returned to work three months after giving birth to her son, to begin filming Gigi, which was a huge film that she was nominated awards for, where she was a super main leading lady. And that one is very popular. So then she was this like big Hollywood actress. She already was building herself up and she had spotlight on her. But now after Gigi, she was in the eye of Hollywood. She unfortunately have has had a lot of guys in her life. You know, she was back, forth, back, forth. She was divorced three times, but that's okay. Sometimes as an artist, you just can't get it right. <laughs> but one thing she did do is in 1961, she had an affair with Warren Beatty, which I just had to kind of bring up because I think that's kind of cool because I like him. So when she and the father of her son divorced in 1965 Beatty was named as a co-respondent and was ordered by the London court to pay the cost of the case so she went through some stuff that's just a little bit about her personal life but she was in Hollywood she was doing her stuff and being that artist and just true love wasn't working out for her but that's okay because as you'll see she is a strong independent woman <laughs> So in the 1960s and thereafter, Crone worked in European films as well. So she was back and forth from America to going to European films. Throughout the years, she has constantly have been involved in films, whether it be performing or judging films during festivals. So now, she still lives on as a renowned French actress with class and style often compared to other French actresses like Bridget Bardot and Catherine Deneuve. I can never say that. I know it's French. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Leslie Caron will always be known for her short pixie cuts and pouty lips, unlike Bardot, who was pouting all the time. But such a simple yet sultry look made her a sex symbol in her own right. She did. She always had kind of that poofy pixie cut and it looked so cute and she had a beautiful wide smile and these like big round eyes she definitely looked completely different than what they are comparing as Bridget Bardot but I love her style and just like they said like her own 
kind of sassiness as being a French actress. Because when we think about ladies from Paris, France, you know, we think that they're very simple and stylish, but, you know, they could just put their hair up a certain way and look like models. And that's how she was. She was very simple, but very beautiful. So now that Leslie is getting a little older, she's still working and she is still giving her contribution to the film industry. But some other things that she has done is she opened up a hotel and restaurant. So from June 1993 until September 2009, Leslie owned and operated the hotel and restaurant called The Owl's Nest, located about 80 miles south of Paris. And unhappy with the lack of work in France, Leslie left Paris for England in 2013. So she was still just hanging out over there. But then she said also in her autobiography, which I'll bring up again later, it's called Thank Heaven. She states that she obtained American citizenship just in time to vote for Barack Obama for president, which I love. Thank you, Leslie. (laughs) So for her contributions to the film industry, Leslie was inducted into the Hollywood Walk of Fame on December 8th, 2009, with a motion picture star located at 6153 Hollywood Boulevard. In an interview in 2012, she looks great, according to Wikipedia, for 81. Limber and lith, she bends like a kid to pick up a piece of paper. For her fans, Leslie Caron is eternally 20-something. All cheekbones and all those huge dark eyes. She's marvelous in the old movies and in today's Paris even all these years later. <laughs> and that's when she was 81 in 2012. That was in an interview. So get it, Leslie. Look like you're 20. <laughs> One of the few MGM post-musical stars to enjoy a long-lasting and formidable dramatic career, Leslie's still continuing today, though on a more limited basis. Obviously, she's getting older. She has received a number of Life Achievement Awards for her contributions to both film and dance. And then, like I said, in 2008 is when she published her autobiography called Thank Heaven. So in 2010, she again triumphed on the theater stage in Paris with her portrayal of Madame Armfelt. I think that's how you say it. It has a D in it. In Stephen Songheim's A Little Night Music. So that was, in, that was just in 2010. I know it seems like forever ago, but that was only 10 years ago. As of 2016, she is the second earliest surviving recipient of a Best Actress Oscar nomination behind only Olivia D. Holovon, and she was nominated in 1953 for Lily. So when you think, like, how long the Oscars have been around, and when she was nominated at this time, she is the second earliest surviving recipient. Amazing. Like I said, you guys need to go watch Lily. Got to. So that's just a little bit about... Leslie Carone, and there's a lot of interviews online with her talking about her history and what she's still doing now. I really want to order her autobiography, Thank Heaven. I have a lot of autobiographies on my bookshelf, actually, of other artists, and I didn't know she had one, so I'm very excited to order that. So Amazon Prime, don't fail me now. (laughs) 
But like I said, amazing performer, amazing actress. She was super funny. Please go watch her movies. Lily was my favorite growing up. Leading lady in Gigi. She's a Oscar winner. Oscar nominated. She's she's super cool. And I really wanted to introduce you to her because I know you've probably seen some of her performances, especially if you're like me and you just watch random YouTube videos, old musicals. <laughs> or, you know, like I said, when you need to listen to a certain song or watch a movie that really inspires you, just throw them on. The musicals are the best. But please, I hope you enjoyed Leslie Caron, and I hope you were inspired by her hard work and her love of old Hollywood. But like I said, some of her fellow men that she performed with are the heavy hitters that we will talk about in the future. I think I'm going to use American in Paris for the Patreon video this coming month. I know last month I did, you know, June, I did Dirty Dancing when I did the Patreon video review and we talked about the different styles of dance that they did and the techniques that Patrick Swayze brought up. But now since we introduced Leslie and we're going to talk about Gene Kelly at some point, I think I'm going to do the Patreon video of American in Paris this month. And I'm super excited because those performances are crazy. Like the cafe one is like wacky. It's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so, it's crazy. (laughs) But it's like, it has so much life to it and it's so emotional. It's emotional in like a weird way. Like you're not like sad emotional, but you're like, wow, this is making me feel a certain way. Like, look at how she kicks over at that guy and he picks her up. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You guys have to go watch it or join me on Patreon in a couple weeks when we watch the movie together and I give you comments and techniques about what they're doing. (laughs) That would be awesome too. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's a little bit of a longer episode, but I wanted to definitely give her justice because she's super, super cool. And you can find me on patreon.com slash in and out of frame podcast. You can find me on Instagram at in out of frame podcast. And like I said, please send me a DM, send me a comment after you follow and let me know what song gets you in that positive mood when you need something uplifting or what is that style of dance that you just like to like bust a move and what is that one move one rhythm something that just makes you feeling so much better when you just need to release you know let me know also same thing facebook at in and out of frame podcast and then i have a couple episodes up on youtube I definitely do want to start recording these episodes again as I'm podcasting. I had to move stuff around in the room. I'm really trying to give you guys the best experience when you're listening and when you're viewing. And my space is kind of limited. You know, I got kids and they take over the whole house. But (laughs) 
I'm really trying to get the yellow couch back in action so I could sit down and you guys could be able to see me and then maybe I could show you guys pictures here and there about who we're talking about and just some really cool stuff. I'm excited. And I just want the space to be ready too for some upcoming Patreon videos I've planned. I have so many Patreon videos planned. Like there's so many more. So please go become a super awesome person on Patreon and join me with all these extra bonus footage. And one thing I did find out too, which I didn't know because on my super awesome website, Anchor, it just distributes the podcast everywhere. And then I find out who's listening. And I found out that a lot of you are listening on iTunes. So thank you. And then even on Spotify. And that just is so like crazy to me because that's where I listen to all my podcasts. And I just feel like one of them. <laughs> it's crazy because I'm just doing this like for me and for fun and be able to hang out with you guys and learn something new. So thank you so much for listening. I'm like speechless when I found that out. But one thing I also did find out is the more you leave a review and the more you give five stars on iTunes, the quicker I could start processing my episodes and getting more content up because they'll be requesting it. So please, if you're listening on iTunes, like leave a review and give me some five stars. And I'm just, I love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be so happy. And I also saw that there's German listeners too. So thank you so much. I know I, I have family out in Germany. I've never met them. I would love to because I heard it's beautiful out there. So thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy performance and dance as much as I do. And I would love to hear your story and what you like out there and your history. So please email me, Instagram me, slide in my DMs. I am here for you and we are going to kick butt with this podcast and it's going to go on forever. And we're going to slide into the DMs of some super cool performers and get them to be interviewed. And it's all for you guys. <laughs> so that was just me ranting at the end because a lot of cool stuff has been popping up and it's all because of you listening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Come back next week and I will let you know what's going to happen. I have two plans. I don't know what I'm going to throw at you first. But next week, we're in a new month. So I want to start it off with a bang. And in a few days, we're going to start off July on Patreon with our Coffee and Jam bonus video where we're reviewing certain songs and what type of rhythm it is. So please join me on that. And I'm done ranting. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your week. And I love you. Bye. <laughs>